Okay, good morning everybody and thank you for coming once again to the Big Issues Seminar. Uh, welcome to you guys over in the shade over there. And uh, we've been looking at some big issues already in this seminar. We looked at the question, does God exist? And today we're looking at a massive question, kind of unprecedented for this generation, me and my phone. One of the common denominators between everybody on site is our connectivity with this little mobile device that connects us to the internet and everything else. So uh, I'm really excited to be able to welcome our speaker, Sam Griswood, who's come here specially uh, today to talk to you about this subject. So Sam is somebody who's not from a Christian background. Uh, as he's going to tell you, he actually connected with Jesus originally through his phone. So uh, Sam is 26 years old, and uh, he has had his life transformed recently by Jesus Christ. So he's not used to coming to Christian fe festivals. He's new to all of this, but he's met Jesus recently, and he's really excited to tell you his story. First of all, we're going to watch a video. When this video ends and Sam walks up here, I want you to give him a massive welcome. Let's watch the screens. We're all searching for something. I think it's the truth. Whoever you are, your voice matters. We're the youth of today. We're full of questions. Good morning, New Day. How are we doing? So good. So good. Um, as Adrian said, I'm not used to Christian festivals. This is actually my second Christian festival, the first one being last week. So it's amazing to be here. It's amazing to spend some time with you guys. And um, I just want to give you a little bit of a background on who I am. So as Adrian says, I'm Sam Griswood. I'm 26. I'm from Southampton. Have we got anyone from Southampton here? Brilliant. Um, so from Southampton, but I married, just got married. So I married my wife, Izzy, on June the 2nd, so just over two months ago. Yeah, a big round of applause for that. So my wife, Izzy, works for Fatface. So she is in charge of all of the social media, all of the influencer connections for Fatface. So I spend half of my life being roped into making reels, taking photos in Fatface clothes and getting put up on their Instagram. So I complain about it, but I get some free clothes, so it's not all that bad. Um, but me, I work for something called Alpha UK, hence the Alpha video a minute ago. Have any of you guys heard of Alpha? Hands up if you have. Good, we're doing something right. So um, Alpha is an opportunity to ask questions, to explore the questions of life and faith and get to know who Jesus is. But I haven't always been someone who stands on stage, shares the word of God, um, and speaks to you amazing people. So like I said, I didn't grow up in a, a Christian family. My family, a kind of Catholic community, and the reason I say that is um, they just like to party. So we would do things like communion and confirmations, and just meant that my family could get together, have a big knees up, and have a great time. So God, Jesus, didn't really mean anything to me. I probably only said Jesus when I stubbed my toe, and that's as far as it went. 
kind of growing up, I had some kind of some tough times. My dad has been in and out of my life for the majority of my life. And then at 15 years old, I lost a friend to suicide. So at 15 years old, I'm trying to wrestle what the heck does life mean? I started smoking weed. Um, I was quite an angry individual. And then kind of left Southampton to go to university where I went to Chichester. At Chichester, my weed smoking habit became a daily occurrence. It went from doing something that we would do with our friends at the weekend to then smoking weed every single day. The amount of money I spent on, well, the amount of my mum's money, should I say, I spent on it is absolutely ridiculous. At university, it looked like I was kind of this big boy on campus. I was playing in the first team at football, loving life, but inwardly was just kind of questioning a lot. I was quite an angry individual, like I said, but in my first year, I met a guy called Tristan, and um, Tristan was in the bar, he was coming out, he was playing football, but the difference between him and I was he wasn't sleeping around, he wasn't causing fights, and he wasn't doing drugs. And I asked him why, and he said, it's because I'm a Christian. I was like, sick, good for you. I then left university and went to work in recruitment in London. And when in London, oh, wow, my life kind of went from here to here. I was making good money, so as my, the money I made went up, so did the excess of my life. So instead of smoking weed, I started taking cocaine on a Wednesday. We'd finish work, I'd go to the pub, and instead of buying a packet of crisps, I'd buy a bag of Coke. That was what my life looked like. But kind of around this time as well, I really started to get all of my affirmation from social media. So I would like make sure my photos were edited perfectly. I would make sure that I post at the right time. I, I sent my photos to the boys. I was like, boys, which photo should I post? I need to know which one's going to bang. But I did that because that's where I got my affirmation from. That's where I got my, my love and kind of validation from the world. Kind of to skip a little bit further than that, um, I then came back from Southampton. Um, I came back to live in Southampton after working in London. And at this time, I was like really wrestling with like my mental health. I was really struggling, but outwardly looked like I was having a flipping great time. My Instagram was banging. It was unbelievable. But I received two text message, well, one text message and then one Instagram DM around the same time. So I got this message from my friend Tristan inviting me to Alpha. The photo should come up on the screen in a second. Um, but I got a, a message from my friend Tristan being like, honestly, bro, you're struggling. Come and try Alpha. I was like, what is it? We sit, have a meal together, watch a video, and then we chat about it in a small group. I'll come and pick you up. So I had an intimate message. He sent me a message because he knew I was struggling. He called out to me. He was like, bro, like, come to this. Come do this. But then at the same time, I got a DM from ITV Studio Casting um, to ask me to, come, to have a conversation about coming on a dating show on TV. So I had the phone call, and it was a conversation to talk about me potentially going Love Island. Cringy, I know. But I received two messages at the same time, one intimate from somebody who knew me, who loved me, and then one DM on Instagram that just fed my ego, that just told me that I was great and that, like, something I could boast about with my friends. So I chose Alpha. So I went and did Alpha with my church and um, had the most amazing time. I got to know who Jesus was. I got to know what forgiveness meant after everything that I'd done in my life. Um, I said yes to Jesus and then gave my life to the Lord. So a real short snippet of my life, and there's so much more to it. And if you want to know about it later, come and find me, and I'll tell you about it. But this morning, I want to talk to you around the topic of me and my phone. So as I open up, and we think about this topic, and we dive into what this means, I want to ask you this question. But when I ask you this question, I just want you to be really honest with your answer. You don't need to shout it out. I just want you to answer it inside and internally. We all know the game, Would You Rather? Everyone played that game? 
a few nods, that's good. So would you rather lose your phone for a year or your faith and Jesus for a year? I'll ask it again. Would you rather lose your phone or your faith and Jesus for a year? Um, has anyone seen the, f- the thing on Netflix called Social Dilemma? It looks at um, phones, it looks at technology, it looks at social media. Some good hands. This guy loves it over here with a hat on. Um, so a couple of people have seen it. And if you haven't seen it, I really, really recommend watching it. It kind of changed my perception on how I view social media and phones. One thing that was said on it, and it blew my mind, was that on average, the UK spends 192 minutes watching television, four hours listening to music, and 144 minutes on social media per day. 144 minutes on social media per day. That blew my mind. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to do something real and vulnerable with you right now. And you can do this if you want as well, if you've got an iPhone. So I'm going to go on my screen time. I'm going to go see your activity on my iPhone. And I'm looking at my screen time for this week, and the daily average is four hours and five minutes spent on my phone. That's half of my working day. And I I can say that here because my boss isn't here, but I spend four hours and five minutes a day on my phone. How much time am I wasting? So that being said, the reason I've done that isn't to shame myself, isn't to be like, Sam, you're awful, you need to go and buy a brick Nokia phone, get rid of it, you're wasting your life away. But it's just to give us an indication of, look, how much time are we spending on our phone? How prominent are our devices in our lives? And how much space does it take up? Phone and social medias have changed the way that we communicate, often in amazing ways. We can FaceTime a friend from the other side of the world. We can raise awareness for an important cause. We can receive a picture of a loved one's newborn baby. But for me, the things that I love about my phone and I love about my social media is to stay connected with my friends who I don't see regularly. It allows me to find reels of sick recipes that allow me to flex my cooking skills to keep me in the good books with my wife. By the way, re- recommend looking at Joe Wicks' Instagram. He tells you how to make the perfect carbonara. It allows me to come up with day trips and holidays when I see videos of amazing places in the UK that I never thought I'd be able to see. But for me, I'm a football guy. It allows me to keep update, updated with the football regularly to keep up with the scores at the weekends. I'm sure some of you can relate to that. But... There are also some potential pitfalls that we need to be aware of as Christians. So bearing that in mind, here we have three points that I want us to be aware of. And the first one being seeking validation from wrong places. I've already told you my struggles with this. As I said, I used to post around 7.45 p.m. in the evening. Um, if I was going to post on Instagram, it was probably it was bang on 145 because it meant the advert on TV was coming. So it then met, I know that people would then pick up their phones, so then my photo would be the first thing they saw. They'd like it. I'd feel great about myself. Go back to watching my TV program around 7:10, uh, 7:50. Sorry. As I said, I would I would get it edited perfectly to make sure that I got enough attention from the girls that I wanted to impress and to get the most DMs that I wanted. Like I'm being real with you. I'm not going to try and hide anything from you today. It's madness that I would do that. I'd edit my photos to a point where I'd then send it to the boys and be like, boys, which photo is going to bang? Which one am I going to get the most likes from? Which one am I going to like, be like the, the, who everybody wants to be on Instagram, right? However, I'm pretty sure it's not just me that's done that. I'm pretty sure if we're honest, maybe some of you have done that today. You post a photo, it doesn't get enough likes, so then you delete it. 
In fact, there have been studies that have found that people have deleted pictures of themselves because they did not get enough attention. One survey showing that 34% of 11 to 21-year-olds would not post a picture without a photo. 34% of 11 to 21-year-olds would not post a picture without a filter. So guys, I guess my question is, where are we getting our identity from? Are we more obsessed with what others think of us than the truth of what God thinks of us? Through social media, we can now choose what people see of our lives. But that's not how friendship works. There's no filters in community, and our lives run far much deeper than a 280-character tweet that allows. Real life isn't neatly edited. I've just shared a little bit about my life and the journey that I've been on. That's not neatly edited, but it's real. And do you know what I've come to realize? And this blows my mind. You know those videos on TikTok or Instagram where someone's in like Santorini and it's like Insta versus reality. So you see this beautiful, idyllic background, these like white cliffs, these white buildings, crystal blue water. Absolutely beautiful. Someone's in fresh clothes. They're looking great. They've got a tan, living their best life. They know their photo. They know their video is going to bang. But then it goes to reality and stood behind them is about 100 people waiting to take exactly the same photo. That's a little bit what, like what our life has come. I'm far more interested in my friends' reality and their real lives than I am their edited photos. And guys, I'm far more interested in your real lives then your Instagram, TikToks, whatever it is that you use, edited photos. Brennan Manning, a Christian writer, puts it like this. The temptation of the age is to look good without being good. The temptation of the age is to look good without being good. We are trying to present a certain type of ourselves to the world. That we try and cover up those real moments, those struggles that we're going through, those tough times. We try, and, we try and cover it up with what we post on social media. Our captions, the places we go, the way that we're flexing our own lives. We try and cover up our real lives to present a certain type of ourself to the world. So that leads on to number two quite nicely. Subsurface relationship. Gosh, this is deep stuff for, for a Wednesday morning, guys. I'm sorry, but please stick with me. Number two, subsurface relationships. We can all now have friends on our own terms. Social media should be used to facilitate, not to replicate relationships. I'll say that again. Social media should be used to facilitate, not to replicate relationships. We may be connected with hundreds of thousands of people but totally and utterly detached from a personal relationship. In the book of Romans 12, 9 to 10, we're going to get biblical now. He writes, Paul writes, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This is very hard to do from behind a screen and from behind a device. I'm not saying it's impossible. My friend sent me a message that led me to coming to Alpha. But if this is where we're spending our life, if this is how we're living our life, 
It can be quite difficult to, to live in real relationships. This is a, like, something I've, just, I've read the other day that, that blows my mind is that we live in a world where we can unfollow and defriend somebody by the click of a button. This isn't relationship or community, guys. Relationship and community is about um, commitment over convenience, and sometimes at a cost to us. I'll go back to that story about Tristan sending me a text message. So the bit I haven't added in my story is the week before I got invited to Alpha, I was up till like 4 o'clock in the morning, doing drugs, drinking. I was on my mattress, and then a blow-up one, and my friends were on on my bed. So they jumped from my bed, pinged me like jumped on the mattress, pinged me on the air, and I've landed on a flat arm, snapped my elbow, hospital, plate, 12 screws later. Lovely little-looking scar up my arm right now. So that meant I couldn't drive. That meant I couldn't go to work. So what Tristan did, he invited me to week one. And I was like, yeah, bro, I'll come. It came, and I was like, no, I'm not coming. The second week came, he was like, bro, like, come, like, we'll get you there. I was like, no, bro, I'm not coming. And then the third week came, he said, bro, I'm coming to pick you up taking you to Alpha, and we'll go. This was all done through a phone. But what he was doing was he was stepping out of the convenience of his life. He was making time in his day to make relationship with me, to then carry on, like to pick me up from my house, going out of his way, inconvenient for him. I, lived over a, I live over a toll bridge that you have to pay money to go over to then take me to go to Alpha. So sometimes commitment over convenience, sometimes at a cost to us. When we hide behind our devices, we can keep things at a surface level. And if I'm real, I don't think any of us truly want surface level relationships and friendships. I'll be honest with yourself right now. Do you want a surface level relationship and friendship or a meaningful relationship with your friends and your community? I'm just back from Focus, which is another festival where one of my friends said yes to Jesus. Our friendship wasn't based on liking others, each other's photos or following each other on socials. We did, we, we do, we keep up to date with each other's lives. But our friendship wasn't built on that. That wasn't where our community was. Our community was in person. I was consistent in our friendship. I was honest. I shared my true self. And we moved past a subsurface relationship. So number three, wasting time. Phone reports can be very challenging, which is why I look at my screen time regularly. And as I said, I wasn't like, looking at mine and getting you to look at yours to shame you and be like, you lot are terrible, get off your phone. Because I struggle with my phone just as much as you guys probably do. When it comes to things that matter, though, how much time are we wasting when we could be spending time with family, friends, commitment to a cause to see and change the world, spending time with God, How much time are we wasting? And on the grand scheme of things, they really don't matter. Does it matter how many likes that you get on your socials? Does it matter how many followers that you have on TikTok? Does it matter how many DMs you get? For me, there is so much more that is important in life. For me, I know I had to delete TikTok because when I download it, I fell into that TikTok hole. Who's going to be honest? Who's fallen into a TikTok hole scrolling? Hands up. Yeah. It's a dark place, right? You catch yourself and you're like, oh my days, I've spent an hour scrolling through TikTok. But I had to delete it because I was falling into that hole. And look, 
this isn't just my opinion, what I'm sharing right now. Like, it is. But this is based on what, what the creators of these platforms are saying. Listen to this. So one of the creators of the social media, former vice president of Facebook, said this. The short-term, dopamine-driven feedback loops we've created are destroying how society works. This guy made this platform. And he's saying that the feedback loops that they're creating is destroying how society works. Do we want to be a part of that? And then former Facebook president, Sean Parker. If any of you, who's seen the film Social Network? The Facebook film? Banging film. If you haven't, you're missing out. So this guy was a guy played by Justin Timberlake. He says that Facebook, is, Facebook and now Instagram is exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. Again, this is super cheery stuff. I bet you're so glad you came to listen to me this morning. They're exploiting the vulnerability in human psychology. This isn't just me saying it. These are the founders of the platform openly admitting to it. These guys have left working for these organizations because they've seen the damage that it can do. And if I'm real with you, and when I think about the time that I spend on my phone and my socials, it's become a bit of an idol to me. And look, the word idol can sound super alien, like super unrelated to the world that we live in today. And look, when I, when I came to faith, I was like, pop idol? Is that what it means? But Tim Keller says this, an idol is whatever you look at and say, in your heart of hearts, if I have that, then I feel my life has meaning. Then I'll know I'll have value, then I'll feel significant and secure. My phone has become an idol to me. That I struggle with my phone just as much as some of you do. But do we want this to be an idol? Do we want this device, the apps that we click on as Christians, to be the thing that we get our value from? That we, we become who we say we are through our social media, the things that we take in and the things that we read and post and hear from others? Again, it's that question. Would you rather lose your phone for a year or lose your faith and relationship with Jesus for a year? What would you rather? Would you feel more lost without your phone or would you feel more lost without Jesus? We need to make a deliberate choice to make space. Have we made idols of our devices on the pursuit of likes and validation? Do we place more importance in it than we do God? So number one, seeking validation. Number two, subsurface relationships. And number three, wasting time. You've heard enough from me for a minute. So what I'd love to do now is turn our eyes to screen and hear what some of the youth of today around the world are saying on their opinions on social media and their phones. The video should come up now. Uh, we, have, we have things that... Uh, could be as if it used as intended, could be incredibly powerful, incredibly helpful for advancing God's kingdom. But the problem with uh, creating power in anything is power is corruptible, right? And so that's what that's the world we live in. I also think it's important to note that social media was designed to be addictive. That's something that we can't ignore. Like studies show that our brain releases dopamine, so we feel super happy when we receive positive social feedback. So it could be like a really quick text message back. 
or it could be someone liking your Instagram photo. And I think that definitely worries me because we've kind of developed this unconscious reliance on social media and a really, really short attention span. And it's just embedded as a social norm now. Social media has created a whole nother platform for arguing and division. Um, I think social media is a huge reason that our country is so divided today is because someone can post something and then hundreds of thousands of comments of hundreds of thousands of different people all believe something different and none of which are willing to listen to another side. That's what I'd find hard about uh, Christian influences. Uh, sometimes I, I feel like it's very difficult because it portrays, not all of them at all, quite often I find that Christian influences would create this lifestyle that it's always easy. Um, and having said that, on the contrary, there is people that I follow that, that aren't at all like that, that are influences. But sometimes I find that it's been quite difficult as a young Christian person growing up, seeing that their life is all fine and they've got a wife and three kids and they're all like so, so cute. I think um, social media has given us the capability to become better connected and better ingrained in the whole world. We are receiving and processing and letting out information at an alarming rate, rates higher than in decades prior. Friends can be made online. Events can be hosted online. Weddings nowadays are even hosted online. Gen Z joke that uh, we like to live on social media, but to a certain extent, this is our reality. This is where we can create our own lives and tailor it according to how we want to live. It's like an RPG. It's a magical experience. Some amazing points from some young people across the world. And <clears throat> just some of them for me of that, what the guy Hamish picked up on was that we can, that the Christian influences, like these are Christian influences. These ain't, this, this isn't just like influences. These are people like you and I, Christian influencers can paint this perfect picture of ourselves to the world. But then us can, as you and I can be like, gosh, their life's unreal. Like, why is my life like that? We can fall into that comparison hole where it's like, oh, wow, how amazing would it be to be that person? How amazing is their life? I think for me, it's like, we're made in God's image. We are all made in God's image. So that our life is just as valuable to theirs but because of this dopamine hit that some of them spoke about that we get from social media, we start to feel like if we're not receiving that dopamine hit, then our life isn't as valuable and as important as theirs are. It's crazy. It blows my mind. And I fall into this hole. Like, even with my friends, when my friends post things, I'm like, gosh, what a life you're living. And I'm like, no, my life is great. I'm loved by God. I'm perfectly made. And we'll leave some time at the end for you guys to discuss and ask me some questions around it. But um, I'd love to move on. And this part is a bit of an imperfect kind of point. And um, I just ask that you stick with me. Because some people have some opinions on this. But this is what God told me to share with you. So I'm going to share it. So you guys are going to stick with me. I want to look at social media and phones from this perspective. How would Jesus and the disciples have used their phones and social media? We read in Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, 
what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So I read it again. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So the guy who wrote Romans was an apostle called Paul. Paul was an intelligent, articulate, and a guy who was committed to his calling. And genuinely, I think this is the way that I would describe you guys as a generation. Gen Z, you are intelligent. You are articulate. And my word, you are committed to seeing and making changes. Just as Paul did for the advancement of the gospel. But, just as the people of Rome, you will come up against barriers that try to conform you to this world. Comparison. Algorithms that dictate what you see and the risk of becoming the loneliest generation. We feel like we are the most connected generation because of our phones and because of social media. But an organization called Barna did a massive survey to look at what that actually means for this generation. I've got some sad news for you guys. We are actually at risk of becoming the loneliest generation because of our phones and social media. That blows my mind. Like, I think I'm connected to everybody, but because I'm so connected through my phone, I'm at risk of becoming lonely and knowing what real community feels like. We are exposed to so many images and words and stories which take up space in our minds and affect our emotions and behavior. And I think Paul's words are just as important and relevant today to us here at New Day just as they were nearly around 2,000 years ago. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In other words, do not do what the rest of the world does. Do not find your validation in your social media and your phones and what other people think of you and comparing yourself to others. Paul realized that these things can have a huge influence on the way we choose to live our lives, and sometimes the impacts can be detrimental to us and others. He is encouraging us today to resist the way of the world. He is asking us not to be conformed, but to be renewed and transformed through Jesus, not through our phones. He is asking us to be renewed and transformed through Jesus, not through our phones. He is suggesting that we use our phones and social media like some of the disciples. I said this is a bit far-fetched, so stick with me. He said to be a bit like Peter, one of the disciples. Peter was one of the first leaders of the church. He was someone who made mistakes but was aware of them and was open and made changes. A man whose identity was in Jesus Christ. I believe Peter probably would have used his socials to flex his leadership skills and, lead and show others how they can lead in their situations and have an influence in that way. I believe that Peter probably would have been really open and honest about the struggles he was facing. Look, this guy was the man who flipping walked on water. And then we read a little bit later, he was the guy that denied Jesus three times. He went from such highs and such lows, and we read about it. He would have been open about his struggles to help other people through his struggles so that people didn't feel alone. But I love this bit. Jesus also said to Peter, Do you love me more than you love these, Peter? I think Jesus is maybe asking us the same. Do we love our likes 
our followers, our validation, what's comfortable to us more than we love Jesus. We could be like Philip. Philip is my favorite, by the way. I'm a little bit biased about Philip. Be like Philip, someone who was bold, trusting in the way they shared his faith. Philip was a man who had no doubt that people would come to know the transformative love of Jesus, that their lives would be transformed as soon as they heard the good news. We all have this friend, and you're going to know who I'm talking about as soon as I say it. They think they're always right. They go, go on then, Google it. I bet you I'm right. I'm that guy. Not afraid to say it. I'm definitely that guy. But Philip was like this when it came to sharing about Jesus. He says to his, he says to his friend Nathaniel, he's like, Nathaniel's questioning him about Jesus, and he's like, are you mad? Like someone from Nazareth is going to be the one who saved us and is going to set us free. Philip's simple reply was just come and see. And I think there's something we can use from that when we use our socials and our phone. It's like the way that we portray ourselves on social media. It's like, actually, I don't care that I'm going to share that I'm in church. I don't care that I'm going to share that I'm at New Day with all of, these ama- all of my amazing brothers and sisters worshipping God. I don't care that I'm going to be open about being a Christian. And do you know what, guys? You're going to see this and you're going to ask me questions. I love Philip. He's such a guy. But then we could be like Jesus. And I mean, the only perfect guy to walk the world, so he's probably a good guy to follow when it comes to social media and our phones. Throughout the stories we hear about Jesus, we see him calling out qualities in others that they don't know they had. We hear him telling those who feel outcast, forgotten, shamed, that they are loved. So I personally can't imagine Jesus' social media and his Instagram grid to be just full of selfies and edited pictures. I feel his Instagram grid and his camera would be facing outward, spotting and calling out the beauty and qualities that he sees and knows who don't see it in themselves. So I don't think, practically, guys, Jesus, is, Jesus would be like this, taking selfies and going, this is incredible, look how sick this is, going to post this on Instagram, I'm at New Day, I've got all these people listening to me, I'm so sick at speaking. Do you think Jesus would be doing that? I personally feel like Jesus would be doing this, going, wow, the future leaders of the church, the future men and women of God, He'd be calling that out, seeing those qualities in his, in his followers and the people that don't even know him yet. I also feel that his disciples probably would have made a couple of reels on the miracles because they would have gone viral. But that's just my opinion and people disagree with that. The end of this verse says, That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable and perfect. Think about for a minute, what is good? What is acceptable? What is perfect? And most importantly, think about Jesus. How can we relate that to our phones and the way that we have a relationship with our phone and our social medias? So I have a few tips, a few, probably three tips that I'm going to share with you that I use to help me with my screen time, to help me with how I seek validation from my Instagram and what I post and what I post on socials. So they're going to be quick, but let's get really practical as we look at this. So number one, does what I'm doing glorify God? This doesn't mean become a preacher on TikTok. 
this doesn't mean that you have to use your social media to be like this guy preaching, sending messages out every day. I'm not saying that. We all have different gifts. We all have different skills. We all have different passions in life. Some of you may be into fashion and have a fashion, uh, a fashion social. Some of you may be into sport and love posting about sport. Some of you may be into the gym, art, baking, whatever it is you can be passionate about. But if you're using your socials around those passions, can you use it to glorify God? Your language, the way that you praise and celebrate others who do something similar to you, the way that you share that you're part of a church community, not just the fact that you have however many followers and that, you're, that you get posts and loads of comments. Like, that's important, but can you show that you're in church? Can you illuminate the light that Jesus has given you through your influence that you have on your socials using your phone? So I ask myself these questions whenever I post. Am I seeking approval? Am I boasting? Is this kind? Would I say this in front of someone and does it build them up? So as I said, my wife works in social media. So she, as I said, makes loads of reels for Instagram and gets put on Fat Faces Instagram quite regularly. And I was scrolling through the other day and I got very, very angry. And I'm, I'm, open, I'm happy to say that. But someone had commented on one of the reels of my wife going, oh my gosh, doesn't she look like a Barbie? Now that person can say that through a phone, but would they say that in person? Would they, build, like, would they, would they feel confident enough to say that to my wife face to face? Does that build her up? Is that language that we would use to encourage somebody and share the love of Jesus? We see it with footballers. We see it everywhere. So does what we're saying, showing, and posting build someone up and glorify God? Number two, parent your phone. Who hates being parented and told what to do? Not as many as I thought. Matt, just me. I hate being told what to do. So I can imagine my phone probably hates being parented too. For me, I have, to, I have certain things I have to do. So I turn off my phone throughout the day because I end up getting caught up in it. I don't take my phone into the bedroom at night. I leave it downstairs on charge because when I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is grab my phone, clip on Instagram, I'm letting thousands of people into my life and to dictate what I'm thinking about and what I'm seeing. Would you let a thousand people into your room in the morning? It's a bit mad when you think about it like that. So I leave my phone downstairs. But look, I'm not perfect. I I struggle with this hugely. I'm going to be honest with you. The places I take my phone, I take my phone to the loo with me. I'm going to be real with you on this one. I've caught myself scrolling on my phone when driving. And I have caught myself scrolling whilst in the shower. Like... I have to parent my phone if I'm catching myself doing this, guys. This isn't, some, that isn't normal behavior. I, pro, I am addicted to my phone, so I have to put these things in place. Turn off your notification. Build a cyber Sabbath to take rest and come away from the distractions of the world and social media to focus on Jesus. When we think of cyber Sabbath, again, that, mad, that word Sabbath sounds mental, but it simply means to rest and be with Jesus. So what I do is I turn off my notifications. I turn off my phone. But I guess my challenge for you to do this week is, can you turn your phone off? Can you put your phone on aeroplane mode for 10, 20, 30 minutes? Will you just spend time with God? Will you just wait to hear from him, not the noise of the world? 
where you spend time in community with the people you're sat next to and actually get to know them on past a subsurface relationship in real community and real relationship. I find it so freeing that I choose when I want to read messages and look at my social media. I am not dictated by a notification on my phone when this is off. I'm not dictated with what else is going on in the world. I'm dictated in by what's in the present, I'm spending time with God, and I'm spending time with community, not letting my phone become an idol to me. And number three, finally, and coming into land, prayer alarm. So I have an alarm at 11.02 every day. This comes from Luke, Luke 11.02, your kingdom come. So I've probably got about five alarms on my phone, but I love this one specifically at 11.02. At 11.02 every day, I have a friend whose mum has cancer. She's in hospital till September. So at 11.02 every day, and her mum isn't a believer, I stop and I say, your kingdom come, heal her, be with my friends, your kingdom come. At 11.02 every day. I have an alarm for my friend Owen, who's getting married soon. I have an alarm for um, my friend Andy, who's struggling with his mental health. I have an alarm for my cousin Mary, who has an interview coming up. We have phones can be used in many different ways, but this simply setting an alarm, with a, like, it doesn't go off with a sound, it's just a silent alarm, so the next time I pick up my phone, I can see it and I can pray for these people. As I said, our phones aren't just bad things. They're not terrible things. They can bring so much joy and opportunity to us but they can also give us a reminder to pray people into the kingdom of God to come to know Jesus. I think the mad thing for me is my friend Tristan, before inviting me to Alpha, had an 11.02 prayer alarm for me. And I'm stood in front of you guys today. So what can your prayer alarm do for somebody? What can your prayer alarm do for the kingdom of God? As you saw, I received a text in 2019 that was more powerful, more intimate, and made a kingdom difference that was more impactful than a DM from on Instagram that was just feeding my ego and asking me to be part of something that probably wouldn't have been good for my heart. So I want to ask you again, guys. Would you rather lose your phone for a year or your faith and Jesus for a year? Amen. Guys, thank you. I'm going to take some questions in a moment, and um, I think we're going to have some microphones set up so you guys can come and ask me whatever you like. Um, And and you can ask the questions, and we've probably got about 15 minutes to do so. Um, But also, I'm going to be sticking around. I'll be down here. I'll be able to ask questions that you may not feel comfortable asking in front of everybody. Or anything you want to ask me, I'm happy to spend some time with you guys today, guys. And I'm going to be on site till Friday. So we can hang out. If you see me, come and ask me a question, whatever. But I'd love to pray for you all right now. I'd love to spend some time in prayer. So why don't we just switch our attention to God right now? Yeah, Father God, I thank you so much for each and every single one of the people here listening today, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you have put something on their heart that has led them to listening to your message and your word today, Lord. Lord, I pray if people's hearts are starting to be turned and people's opinions on their relationship with their phone and their devices and their social media is starting to be changed, Lord, I pray that you continue to change that in the name of Jesus. 
If people are struggling with comparison, I pray in the name of Jesus that be removed. If people are struggling with addiction to their phone, I pray in the name of Jesus that be removed. But right now, I kind of want to ask you to do something brave. If you feel like you want to like, use your phone to build towards the kingdom of God, if you want to use your social media to, to advance his kingdom and, and bring people to know the Lord, I ask you to do something brave and, and raise your hands. And if you're close to these people, just maybe reach out a hand and just pray for them. So guys, I'm going to ask you to be brave now. If you want to do that, raise your hands and we'll pray for you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. If you can see someone with a hand up, if you want to reach out an arm just to pray over them. Yeah, Father God, I thank you for the boldness of these young people who said they want to advance your kingdom. They want to use the technology that they have, the social media, their phones, their devices to advance your kingdom, Lord. Lord, I pray that you give them a fresh anointing, a fresh passion, and a fresh spirit to be able to do that, Jesus. We pray this all in your heavenly name, Lord. Amen. Amen. So as I said, there's two microphones. I think if you head towards Adrian and some of you filter this way and some of you filter this way, if you want to come and ask me a question, please feel free to. I'd, I'd love, to, love to speak. Can you tell us a little bit more, Sam, about one thing that maybe a number of people are wondering? Love Island is such a massive thing in our culture and you mentioned you got this DM approaching you. Can you just tell us a little bit more? Yeah. Um, you got this message. Did you respond to it? What happened next? Yeah, um, yeah brilliant. <laughs> um, my wife would laugh at me at this. She says I love banging on about this story. Um, so I got the DM. I, kind of, I was at work and I was like, oh my days, this is sick. I'm a joke. But then I, so I, I was like, yeah, 100%, let's talk. I, w- I want to know more about this. But then I, we arranged a phone call. I spoke to this person, and this person just, it was, it was so crazy. It was like, they were like, can you tell me about your last relationship? Can you tell me if you've been faithful in your relationships? Can you tell me about when you're, like, some, like, one of your biggest, like one of your biggest secrets? Can you share all of this information with me? And I was genuinely, I sat on my phone like this going, God, this isn't right. Like, this isn't something that, this isn't something that, like, I'd just been started to do Alpha. I was like, this isn't something that Jesus would do. This isn't an environment that I want to be part of. This isn't something that builds towards the kingdom of God. All this does, if I get onto Love Island, is build my ego. But then I spoke to my friend Tristan, who's a guy who invited me to Alpha, and we were just talking it through, and he was like, bro, if I'm real with you, I don't think this would be good for your mental health. Like, you struggle with validation as it is. You look for validation from, from girls. You look for validation from likes. You look for validation from social media. So, bro, I probably don't think this is right, so let's pray about it. And we prayed, and God just revealed that it just wasn't the thing for me to do. So I hope that answers the question. Let's go this side. First question here, the young lady here. <laughs> did, you, um, did you notice a change in your phone usage and what you were... Um like concentrating on, on your phone when you became a Christian versus when you weren't? Mm. Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, 100%. So again, I'm, I'm going to be real. Um, I struggled with like looking at stuff that were inappropriate. I struggled looking at stuff to do with girls on my social media. I, like, I used to look, so I've got quite a few friends who like play professional football and I used to look at their lives and I used to be like, wow, like you're making money. You're going on all these holidays. And I was like, 
I was working in recruitment, so I was like, sick, like how, like, how do I get to where you are? And then when I came to know Jesus, that desire just, like, left. And like, I definitely probably still struggle with it a little bit at times, and I just come back to the cross and just look to Jesus. I think what I started to do was I started to fill my feeds with stuff that had a good influence on me. So, look, like, I've started following pastors to listen to talks and just little reels that pop up, and they're like, oh, my word, that word is incredible. Like, that's that thing I started to look at. Um, and the more that started to feed my, my, the more that started to feed my feed, those things, those things of the world just became less important to me because it was like hearing the word of God. It was building up others. When I saw my friends doing Unreal, I'd like comment being, I was like, I'm the biggest gas man. I love gassing up my friends. And that's the stuff I was doing on my social media. Does that answer your question? Yeah. If we go, we'll go to this side and I'll come back to you. Sorry. No, little man, what are you... How long ago did you become a Christian? I became a Christian in December 2019, so three years ago. Um, yeah, it's been a mad journey since going 2019 and 2022. 2022? Yeah, I'm stood here in front of you. So, yeah, good question. Hey. Hey. Um, did you find... Um, when you got introduced to Youth Alpha, did you find it really interesting? Yeah, my words. I, um, so I didn't do Youth Alpha, I did Alpha, but the courses are super, super similar. Um, and I'm like, I've gone from like sitting in the bar, sitting in like going to clubs, and all those environments when all I would talk about was like girls, money, drugs, probably football. And then, then I was coming into spaces where my conversations were based around the love of Jesus, forgiveness that prayer is a two-way thing, isn't just like me just sending things up to a ceiling, it's actually hearing back from God. So yeah, I found it was super interesting. Great question. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much for the word you've brought today. It's really enlightening for both young people and adults as well. Um, I just want to ask if, I'm not sure if this is being recorded, but if we wanted to find out maybe short clips of you doing this, that we can share with other people, other young people and families that are struggling with phone addictions and, mm. and the phone being an idol to mm. them. How can we do that? In terms of agents, probably best to answer that, but I can come back to you also. Yeah, the good news is that all of the seminars at New Day are audio recorded. They're not video recorded, but all the audio will have been captured. Um, plus, I'm sure Sam is very happy for you to contact him and get in touch with him. Yeah, I just a second that, 100%. I'd love to speak and, and help in any way I can. So, yeah, come and grab me, grab, grab my candles, whatever. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of teenagers struggle with, like, egos and stuff, mm. and, like, relying on God in Jesus is, like, good, but obviously we still struggle in, like, walking in faith. So how did you manage to fully, like, not rely on any social media or any other forms of validation? Yeah, what a question. Um, I still struggle with it now. Um, and I think it's something that I'm, I'm not standing here and being like, I am the perfect example, because my word, I'm really, I'm really not. Um, do you know what? What I do now, so like, I, I, have, I have one of the worst egos, and I have to keep myself in check when it comes to my ego all the time. Um, so what I do when I feel like, like I posted a photo from when I was at Focus last week, and I'm, I catch myself clicking on my likes to see how many likes I got. And because I was doing that, I was like, ah, oh, this isn't, of, like, this, that, um, this is feeding my ego. Like, this isn't, this isn't who, who I'm supposed to be. And genuinely, I just delete Instagram. I genuinely delete the app for a day, two days. 
The longest I probably had not had it for was around three months. And if I feel like my ego is being filled and validation is being filled from my socials instead of from God, then I just delete the app. Like, like how radical is that in terms of how you can do that compared to all of teenagers that you're in your spheres outside of here? For you to delete an app to be like, actually, no, my validation comes from God, not from my social media. Does that answer your question? Great question. I wonder if you can give us some advice on how to deal with fear of disapproval. You know, that fear of posting something in a tumbleweed moment Mm. that just stops us connecting to each other or stops us. Yeah. Gosh, great question. Um, I could just give you my opinion, and it's, it's quite similar to what I've just said there. It's, if I'm posting something and I'm posting it to get, like, and I'm like, gosh, I hope I get loads of likes from this. I hope I get lots of validation from this. I'm not posting for the right reason. And if you post it and you're like, gosh, like this, that, why have I done like, oh, so, like, what's happening? Why is it not getting likes? Why is it not getting attention? I'm panicking this video. Or if you're sharing the word of God, it's like, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't going well. I think if it's for God, keep glorifying him. It's like that, that go-to saying, if it reaches one person, that's all that matters. But then if you're doing it to validate yourself, I would then again say, delete, delete the platform, take some time away from it and come back to it. I'm not saying delete it forever, but just come away from it. I hope that helps. Just go this side and we'll come back to you, mate. Um, that lovely lady's just stolen my question. Um, but thank you very much. It was a very good answer. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, mate. Do you have any advice on, like, more advice on how to get rid of, like, food idolism? Yeah, um, so something that I was doing and I haven't been doing recently was um, I mentioned the word Sabbath when I was speaking and again, a proper alien world and like, unrelated to something that we'd be doing and like, when I was your age, I didn't have a clue what Sabbath meant um, but what I do is I just take a Sabbath away from my phone so I will, I will like not if I'm going out with like, family or if I'm going with friends who have their phone like, I wouldn't take my phone with me because then I'm like I'm not constantly like, like, right, football, sick, Celtic, a 2-1 up, lovely. Like, I'm not doing that. Or I'm not going, right, that photo's got this, this has got this. I just leave my phone. And like, it sounds proper mental to be like, I'm not going to take my phone. I'm going out with my family. I'm going to leave my phone at home. I'm at, dinner, I'm at the dinner table. I'm going to leave my phone upstairs. Like, to do that is, like, is radical. Like, it is. And someone of your age to, to be asking that question to do that, that's where I'd start. Because then... It's less about this, and it's more about community, and it's more about real life. Does that help? Good question, mate. We'll do this as last question. Have, have you ever got baptised before? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was baptised. So we've got four minutes, so I'll tell a quick story. So that guy I met at university was in... So we went to university in 2014. And then in 2020, the guy who I met there who stayed in relationship with me, who kept walking with me, kept watching me take drugs, cause fights in bars, be unfaithful in relationships, be the opposite to what a Christian would be. He kept running to catch up with me. And then in 2020, he baptized me. So like that, that, the reason I share that story is because for five years, the guy ran after me. So like you probably have friends in your life where you're like, ah, oh, like they're nowhere near being in church. Last week, we stood next to each other worshipping God at a Christian festival. He baptised me. 
So yeah, I love my baptism story just because I think it's a great example of how we can all run after people who don't know Jesus and our friends who aren't here and our friends who need to know that transformative love of Jesus. And then maybe you can baptize one of your friends. Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, I guess that kind, of, we, yeah, that kind of draws it to the end. We've got three minutes, so that's me done. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to share with you. I hope, I hope anything I've shared may have helped or one point may have helped. But as I said, I'm going to be floating around here. So if you want to come and ask me a question, if you want to know more um, and you didn't want to come up to a microphone, come and ask me. I'm going to be around to hang out, to ask questions and spend some time with you guys. Thank you.